there is something undeniably uh, happening. Web Summit founder Paddy Cosgrave speaking to Al Jazeera, a news outlet based in Qatar, giving his views on the future of tech just last month. Most of the growth, this isn't a radical thing to say, it's backed up by a lot of data, uh, over the coming years is not going to come from traditional markets like Europe and uh, North America. It is going to come from the Middle East. It is already coming from uh, the Middle East. Listening to that, it's no surprise that Web Summit's first Qatari event will take place next year. But Paddy Cosgrave, the man who co-founded and led the company to its global success, won't be there to run it. The Web Summit Mm. is imploding before our eyes. What's going on? Following the Hamas attacks on Israel and its response to them, Mr. Cosgrave was critical of how Western countries supported the Israeli government. Tech giants Google and Meta followed Intel and Siemens in withdrawing from Web Summit. Stripe, Amazon, Google. LL Cool J, the rapper. And actress Gillian Anderson. Cosgrave stepped down on Saturday as CEO after a torrid week. The controversy has put the spotlight on Web Summit's Qatar event. Because of Qatar's relationship with Hamas, the group responsible for the slaughter of Israelis on October 7th. You're always going to have people who sit on both sides of the fence on this one. There will be people who see absolutely no problem with doing business in Qatar. Kira O'Brien is a technology reporter for the Irish Times. Much and all as we would like the two to exist separately, I think this shows us that the tech world and politics are inextricably linked and there is always going to be crossover and consequences as a result. This is In the News from the Irish Times. I'm Sarah Pollock. Today, how Paddy Cosgrave lost his grip on Web Summit. Can the company survive? Kira, how bad is this for the company? Is Web Summit out of the woods yet or is its existence still under threat? I think we're at kind of a pause here. It's almost like a collective intake of breath as everyone waits to see how his resignation will land. Because if you think about this is all taking place over a very, very quick kind of period of time. Um, He resigned on Saturday and... The key thing now will be in the next couple of weeks, uh, as we see, obviously, Web Summit itself is due to take place November 13th to 16th. Um, Will any of those companies that said they were leaving, that they weren't going to attend Web Summit, come back? Mm. And more importantly, will they come back next year? Because Mm -hmm. we can talk about this year. Look, this year is is going to be difficult for Web Summit as as an event because so many key speakers have dropped out. The key thing is, next year, will these people come back? Will this be not forgotten, but will it be forgiven um, if Paddy is no longer at the helm of the company? So the timeline of this whole affair starts with the Hamas surprise assault on Israel on October 7th. But in another way, it actually begins much further back with Paddy Cosgrave himself. Because for a CEO of a fairly big company, he has been very outspoken on politics and policy making, especially here in Ireland, where he frequently and harshly criticises the government. Kira. How unusual is it for a CEO to wade into politics in the way that Cosgrave has done? And why is this unusual? CEOs typically tend to hang back from controversy, knowing that it's going to have an impact on their business. Um, They kind of keep their cards close to their chest for a lot of things. And where they do tend to wade in is with causes that are particularly of importance to them. It'll be causes that are seen as good, you know, say supporting LGBTQIA plus rights, uh, fighting for reproductive rights. Mm. Um, But obviously there are knock-on effects for all of that. So when CEOs tend to wade into controversies, it's usually considered. It's usually, I suppose maybe there's a, a groundswell of support among employees for it and you can't please everybody though this Mm. is the thing and this is the the, I suppose this thing that that CEOs have to take into account um 
Paddy's approach has been to hold the Irish government to task and, and anyone he classes as cronies. And that's obviously rubbed some people the wrong way, but it's also got him quite a lot of support in Ireland. But politics in general isn't great for business because you're nailing your colours to the mast. Um, and that's always going to alienate somebody, as we've seen here. The difference this time was that the subject of his commentary was not Irish, it was global. On October 13th, he tweeted the following... I'm shocked at the rhetoric and actions of so many Western leaders and governments, with the exception in particular of Ireland's government, who for once are doing the right thing. War crimes are war crimes, even when committed by allies, and should be called out for what they are. Cosgrave was talking, of course, about Israel's fierce retaliation in Gaza following the Hamas attack on October 7th. People might be thinking, so what? Does he not have the right to express his views about what's going on in the Middle East? I think there's a whole philosophical debate on freedom of speech here that's probably bigger than this conversation. But at its heart, I suppose, freedom of speech is not freedom from consequences. It's freedom from government persecution. People speak up frequently at a cost to themselves because it's something that's important to them. Paddy exercised his right to free speech. And equally, you could argue that the people who withdrew from Web Summit did so and exercised their own freedom of expression. So, I mean, like if, if you're saying on one hand that, you know, obviously Paddy has the right to, to speak up and say what he feels about this particular conflict. Likewise, those companies have equal right to say what they feel about his opinions and his what he has said. And they have decided that it's not in their interests to be aligned with these views for various reasons. I mean, for the likes of Intel, who pulled out of Web Summit, you know, they have operations in Israel. Mm. And a lot of tech companies will have those links, you know, because Israel is a very tech heavy kind of economy. And mm -hmm. the other thing that has to be taken into account here is that there is also 300 plus people behind Paddy in Web Summit. You know, it, it's not just Paddy Cosgrave. There are all these people who are who are working mm. behind the scenes to make Web Summit happen. It just doesn't happen by magic. Nobody's clicking their fingers. So they have to be taken into account as well. So you could ask, yes, obviously Paddy has the right to have his say and his freedom of speech. But what about all these other people who don't have a choice? Mm -hmm. But one of the main things that his critics underlined was that he failed at first to condemn the Hamas attack on his Twitter feed and that the focus of that initial tweet was on Israel's reported war crimes. So was the controversy as much about what Cosgrave didn't say as what he did? I think that has caused particular upset by not... Kind of, pointing out initially that he didn't agree with what Hamas had done, that did not help the matter. He subsequently did clarify that he found Hamas's actions um, abhorrent. But for a lot of people, that was too little too late. His tweet on October 13th was what kicked off this whole backlash. But even before that, he had been liking a series of pro-Palestine tweets. For example, one post that he liked was an image of the Palestinian flag, which was shared by the Ditch news website. That was at 10pm on October 7th, the very day that Hamas were slaughtering Israeli citizens. You know, the algorithms show different things to different people. So some people might have seen that tweet pop up in their feed that he liked it. Others wouldn't have known about it until they went back and actually looked at his likes. And I think, you know, he liked that tweet. Some people went back then and, and f had a look through all his likes um, and 
kind of came up with a pattern from it, publicized that pattern. More people would have gone, had a look, seen it for themselves, commented on it. So it's kind of like it's it's a bit of a, a vicious circle there. It just kind of gave people something else to to look at, I suppose, as this controversy was unfolding. And yet another element of this controversy was to do with Qatar. Qatar's relationship with Hamas has been under an intense spotlight since October 7th, as its leadership is seen as being close to Hamas and has been accused of supporting Hamas. Web Summit is organising a conference in Qatar that will take place in a few months. On October 8th, the day after the Hamas attack, Cosgrave was actually in Qatar. He tweeted from there about the conference and that only added more fuel to the fire. It didn't go down too well in some quarters and I suppose as this controversy grew legs, people went back and responded to his tweets from Qatar pointing out about the, you know, the accusations of human rights abuses and mm. all the other links that have, you know, that, that have been discussed in the media. Um, they've also taken issue with his anti-corruption stance in Ireland while taking money from Qatar uh, to, to hold a conference there. And this is not something that's actually particularly new. I mean, since Web Summit announced that it would have a Web Summit Qatar conference, people have leveled those criticisms at Paddy and at Web Summit, you know, because on one hand, you know, he is very outspoken about corruption in Ireland. On the other, you know, Qatar wouldn't exactly be seen as a bastion of freedom. Um, and I think that has kind of rankled some people. But like with a lot of things, you know, people can explain away or excuse a lot if they still agree with, by and large, what you're saying. And so this whole backlash began. Kira, how did it start? Who was behind it? And how did it develop? There was the initial tweet, uh, as we mentioned, on October 13th. That initial tweet created a, a number of high-profile challenges. You know, there was a lot of response to that. It generated a lot of engagement, which, you know, usually happens when Paddy tweets something controversial. But this now went beyond Irish politics and the Irish sphere and its international, because Web Summit is a global company now. Mm. Israeli-based venture capitalists and tech companies said they were withdrawing. The Israeli government were withdrawing their support from the event. There was a kind of a public letter put out, you know, to say that we will no longer be attending this event. And there's apparently behind the scenes um, tech executives coming under pressure to withdraw their support public from, publicly from the event. Mm-hmm. A couple of days later, on October 15th, Paddy did tweet saying that what Hamas did was outrageous and disgusting, an act of monstrous evil. He said that Israel has the right to defend itself, but it does not have the right to break international law. So he was saying, look, you know, I disagree with what Hamas did, but, you know, there was also that kind of qualifier at the end. And then on the 16th, he tweeted from his own account, uh, we are devastated to see the terrible killings and the level of innocent civilian casualty in Israel and Gaza. We condemn the attacks by Hamas and extend our deepest sympathies to everyone who's lost loved ones. We hope for peaceful reconciliation. So you notice there, the language has changed. Obviously, it's much more conciliatory. It's much more sympathetic and it's gone from I to we. Um, Later that day, however, he reiterated his previous tweet saying, you know, war crimes are war crimes even when committed by allies and she'll be called out for what they are and said, he wouldn't relent. That's when the dominoes started to fall. Intel and Siemens pulled out. Now, that's serious. Uh, This is now, it's spreading. It's not just Israeli tech companies and startups. It's not just the Israeli government and the kind of the state that are are withdrawn support. Intel is a big name. Siemens is a big name. Stripe then pulled out. On the Friday, Google said it would no longer be participating. And then 
uh, that was followed by Meta and Amazon. So these are huge names who are now pulling out. Uh, Gillian Anderson and a few other speakers uh, also pulled out over the course of a few days. And look, people can say the speakers aren't really the important thing, but this is, you know, these are the big names as well. You know, the names that are drawing people in, you know, they can say, well, we've got Gillian Anderson speaking. We've got Amy Poehler speaking. They no longer have either of them. Then as high-profile speakers started to drop out, then bigger and bigger companies, he changed his tune and he posted an apology online. So I'm, I'm going to read a bit. I understand that what I said, the timing of what I said and the way it has been presented has caused profound hurt to many. To anyone who was hurt by my words, I apologise deeply. What is needed at this time is compassion and I did not convey that. Web Summit has a long history of partnership with Israel and its tech firms and I am deeply regretful that those friends were hurt by any of what I said. My aim is and always has been to strive for peace. Ultimately, I hope with all my heart that this can be achieved. Kira, this seems like quite a good, thoughtful apology, but it seems it wasn't enough. No, I think a lot of people viewed it as a PR apology. So damage limitation, and I'm not sure what good it actually has done, to be honest, because the people too, ex- too took exception to his original comments are unlikely to accept this as anything other than damage limitation and a PR exercise. And the people who supported Paddy and his views could take this as him bowing to pressure and, and bowing to money and uh, business interests um, rather than holding on to his views. But at the same time, doing nothing isn't an option either. So at this point, he's stuck between a rock and a, and a hard place. So he has to apologise and hope for the best. But no, it's not enough. And eventually what has happened, as we all thought, um, he would have to step down at some point. And, and there had been many kind of comments to that effect. He had to resign. And by Saturday afternoon, he had announced that he was stepping down uh, from Web Summit CEO position with immediate effect. Coming up, Paddy Cosgrave is gone. But can Web Summit survive? I continue my conversation with Kira O'Brien. Kira, Web Summit is taking place in Lisbon in a few short weeks, but many of the biggest firms and speakers have now pulled out. Paddy Cosgrave is also now gone. Is there any prospect of those speakers and companies actually reversing their withdrawal and showing up? For the major ones, I can't see that happening. Now, you know, I could be wrong. I don't have, uh, I suppose, the, the, the hotline to these people's PR teams, but I think it's too close. You know, maybe if it was a bit further out, I think that it's too raw at the moment for a lot of these companies to reverse their decision and decide they will take part. And I actually have been speaking to, you know, off the record to a few companies who have said, you know, that the, it's not on their radar at the moment to return to Web Summit this year. Now, who knows what will happen next year? And I think this is going to be the key thing. Um, but as for this year, you know, we are very close to it. Uh, people don't always go to Web Summit to see the big companies. They go to meet investors. They go to see startups. Um, the big companies are kind of, you know, the icing on the cake. And uh, same with the celebrity guests and the celebrity speakers. But it all creates a bit of a buzz around Web Summit. And I think that that is going to hang over and it is going to be a cloud that hangs over the, the conference. You know, having said that, you know, as I said before, there are very good people who are involved in Web Summit. There are very good people uh, who have been working very hard on this conference and have seen over the space of a week a lot of hard work go down the drain. And I feel absolutely sorry for them because, you know, it this 
all of this uncertainty can't be good for anybody. But Web Summit is going ahead. They do have, you know, they've got, supposed to have 70,000 people attending. Whether or not all of those 70,000 will bother to make the trip, you know, there are quite a few people who said they were due to attend as, just purely as attendees, who said they would not be going because of what Paddy had said. I can't see them reversing their decision either. But what about, here the reputational damage that has been done here? Despite Cosgrave leaving, that reputational damage is significant. What does Web Summit have to do to bounce back here? And I guess the big question now, who takes over Cosgrave's role? That's the key thing. How it approaches this in the coming weeks is going to be crucial to, you know, next year's event. Um, can they smooth over the damage that's been done? And I think who takes over is going to be key because there isn't really a natural successor there as there would be in other companies, mm. you know, where there's a couple of co-founders still involved that, you know, one will step into the breach. Paddy obviously is a big figure. They are big shoes to fill. Uh, he obviously has quite a big presence um, when it comes to Web Summit. You know, you think the two are kind of inextricably linked and that may be a problem in itself because if you can't decouple Paddy's Cosgrave, the personality from Web Summit, will these companies come back? Will these attendees come back? Or will this always be a shadow that follows it? And there is also the fact that Paddy owns more than 80% of the company. So even if he's not CEO, he is still involved until he is no longer a majority shareholder in the company. So I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. And I would hesitate to kind of make any predictions on that one, because look, I hope that there's 300 odd people working for Web Summit. I hope that they still have jobs and, you know, that this is not something that that will take the company down because, you know, it's not just Web Summit Lisbon. As I said, there are other Web Summits. There's Rio, there's Collision, there is Web Summit, the new Web Summit Qatar. But if there is a continued boycott by certain tech companies of the event because of this incident that could put the overall uh, the overall events in jeopardy as well because you know you want to meet investors you want to meet startups if you can't meet the ones you want you won't go you'll find something else and there are plenty of tech conferences that are only too happy to step into the breach as web summit did years ago they they identified a gap. They worked very hard to make sure that they were the ones that filled it. And they got a lot of praise for doing it. They built a very solid business out of it. Is there another company just waiting in the wings, uh, ready to jump in and take over the role that Web Summit has held for so long? You know, it very well could be. There have been a lot of uh, people talking about Slush, which is uh, a Scandinavian tech conference that that could be better than Web Summit, that, you know, they have good speakers, they have good attendees, and there's been a lot of noise about that. I mean, it could even be Web Summit's own opportunity. It could be the, the chance it needs to kind of reinvent itself and reinvigorate itself. Um, not that, you know, that, that they would think that it's gotten stale or anything like that. But, you know, there have been some people questioning in recent times the value of Web Summit for startups because it's got so big. I mean, 70,000 people from its humble beginnings in Dublin. It's quite a phenomenal growth rate. But, you know, when you get that big, you sacrifice some stuff and, you know, it becomes a bit more difficult for smaller companies, the startups to actually get something out of it. So, you know, it could very well be that this time next year, everybody is going to slush instead of Web Summit. Um, and that remains to be seen. But, you know, Web Summit could use this as an opportunity to reinvent itself. Mm. Fingers crossed that, you know, they can do something to actually salvage something out of this. 
because it would be a real shame. I mean, I, for all the, the accusations of schadenfreude and all that going around on Twitter and social media and X and whatever you want to call it, it would be a shame because, you know, Web Summit is not just Paddy. Yes, Paddy is the figurehead and Paddy is the majority shareholder, but there are 300 people who are working for Web Summit. A final word on the man at the centre of this story, Paddy Cosgrave. He is a controversial figure here in Ireland who has probably made quite a few enemies along the way, not only in the past week, but throughout his time in the public eye, thanks to his caustic way of criticising public figures and the media, including often us here at the Irish Times. But he is also clearly a man of great drive and ambition and he gets things done. Can and will he bounce back? I wouldn't count him out just yet. Uh, We'll see how these next few weeks play out. Um, Paddy, as you mentioned, has got great drive. He has got great ambition. And I'm sure that there is another great idea in the works, um, even if his time at Web Summit is, for now at least, uh, on hold. As I said, I, I I wouldn't count him out just yet. That's all for today. For more on this story, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Sarah Chapalik. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon. In the News will be back tomorrow. 